Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. Welcome to Slow Pitch, a podcast that takes sports movies too seriously, or perhaps not seriously enough. We're your hosts. I should have broke your thumbs! Sean Williams. <laughs> you, time, and uh, Brad Etherly, two guys who consider watching sports movies a type of aerobic exercise. Today's episode is a review of the 1976 classic, Rocky. Yeah, this is a big one. This is a big one. Um, I should have broke your thumb. I mean, what a comeback, <laughs> Rocky. Way to go. So, should have broke your thumbs is one of the first movie quotes that I ever knew. Because like, my dad, this was like a movie that he introduced me to when I was like a toddler. And That's I think amazing. I, and I think I just kind of like was drawn to that line and I was amused by it as like a three-year-old or whatever. <laughs> and so my dad would like, like we'd be in front of company and my dad would be like, Hey, say, say that, say that line from Rocky. And I'd be like, I I broke your thumbs. And like everyone would laugh and I'd be like, Hey, yeah, I'm popular. So um, one of my notes and we, we can start at the beginning later, but since you're talking about, you know, <laughs> should have broke your thumbs is buddy is a f- fairly prominent character in this movie with Mr. Gazzo or yeah. Gazzo, however you pronounce it. And is he, does he return in any of the other movies? No, I like Gazzo is in the second Rocky. Rocky. Yeah. But his part is diminished quite a yeah. bit. I don't particularly remember if Buddy's in it or not. Cause he was, Rocky. he was a pretty significant foil to yeah. to Rocky throughout the movie, even if it was just a bunch of words being spoken to each other, it was really Rocky's main foil <laughs> until yeah, other until than the last great... ten minutes of yeah. the movie. <laughs> well, and that that shows you the influence of Gazzo because there's no way that this idiot is going to get away with saying those things to Rocky if he doesn't feel like he's under the protection of Gazzo. So in, in whatever Philadelphia neighborhood this is, Gazzo carries a lot of weight. But why does he love Rocky so much? Like what's going on there? You know, is Rocky all, all there? <laughs> I don't know. Is he I, simple? <laughs> he may. Well, I think, yes. I think that's kind of like part of the point of the movie is this guy is not an educated guy. He's um, a bum. So, yeah. Well, well, I did want to <laughs> bring up that. In this movie, calling someone a bum is like one of the worst, one of the worst insults. Like, it's worse like, than the other B word. Yeah. Like calling someone a bum does not have the sting in real life that it does in the movie Rocky. You're a bum. I mean, that yeah. is I mean, like how many times was that said? Yeah. Okay. So full disclosure, this was my second time to watch this movie all the way through. Yeah. You're, you're a bum for that. I'm a dummy. Yeah. I had about maybe, I don't know, 10 years or so ago, I decided to watch all the Rockies because up until then, I had only seen the important ones. I think I told you this last night. I can't Rocky believe you're three. even saying that to me. <laughs> Rocky 3 and Rocky 4. Uh, I had seen those several times. And when you, and okay. Was, yeah, yeah. So I just was like, I guess I, just, I need to watch them all. 
And yeah. I watched them all up until Rocky ba- Rocky Balboa, and then and then I've seen a uh, or Creed. I have not seen Creed two, so we will revisit all of these as we as we go along. But two, but this is things. only the second time I've seen this movie. Yeah, when I hear you say that Rocky three and four are the important <laughs> ones, that is like that is like me hearing like. Yeah, Transformers are okay, but I prefer GoBots. Or you can keep your Oreos. I've got these Hydrox cookies over here that I'm good with. Uh, hey. Those are the those are the Disney Disneyfied Rocky movies, and I'm not saying they're not fun. They're fun, but this is an actual movie. We we kind of forget how good we we forget how good this movie is because Rocky became a parody of itself, and we've been exposed to that over and over. This is an actually good character driven movie. Okay, I'm going to be a little controversial here. Go for Not it. a great movie. What? <laughs> what? Are you I mean, you're right. I guess it only it did only win <laughs> best picture of the year in 1976, but this is this is the sports movie template that so many have copied over and over and over including the other Rockies. Well, it's not a hard template. The underdog does well. The only great thing about it is that he doesn't actually win at the end, which is refreshing to kind of see that. But no, this movie, I mean, it's not bad. It's it's enjoyable and it's it's entertaining to some degree. <laughs> but it's not great. Um I yeah, I could not I could not disagree more. This is the this is the best Rocky movie. It's it's gritty. It's it's not so much about the Rocky the boxer, which the other movies came about, but it's kind of about Rocky and Adrian's relationship and how he was kind of floating aimlessly in life. And it's that relationship that sort of steered him in the right direction. And it didn't really matter if he beat Creed or not. The point is, is that he kind of found someone who was sort of his North star to sort of like bring the best out of him. And the other Rockies don't do that. They all, they all kind of like return him to the underdog role and, you know, in kind of cheaper ways than, than this movie did. In this movie, they sort of establish Rocky Balboa as someone who's been a loser his entire life. And he's living in this crappy apartment, which I can't wait to talk about that apartment <laughs> later. Um, but I, I think, Talia Shire is amazing. I think Burt Young is amazing. And this is, this is like, this is a Sylvester Stallone performance. That's actually good. Again, he became a parody of himself in the eighties and nineties. By the time he's doing stop or my mom will shoot or whatever, like every, everyone has their Stallone impression and everything, but yeah, it's it. And it's, I think it's hard for us to go back and like view this through the lens of we've never heard of Rocky. This is, 1976 and i'm seeing this for the first time but that's just my opinion yeah i did try to put myself in in the theater in 1976 but i kept thinking i think i would be appalled at this movie (laughs) 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 because it for for an hour and a half it is literally like stallone in theory talking to other people but really just prattling on like an idiot to himself (laughs) Over and over and over again. And, and I just was like, what is the point of this? But, but I can buy that, that he was, that's him, that he was just kind of like floating in this la la land of, of not really 
having any kind of direction and and Adrian is able to kind of focus his goals to where he can he can actually commit to something so I can see that. Uh, apparently, the Academy Awards disagreed with me because <laughs> they did award award it the Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Film Editing um, that well, year. So, no, that's where I disagree about Best Film Editing. Maybe, and maybe this isn't editing, but like production wise, it is just completely fall, flawed. I don't know if you noticed, but there was there's a scene where he is watching a press conference of himself. Uh, leading up to the fight, he's hanging out over at Adrian's mm-hmm. and Sylvester Stallone is out of focus for an entire scene. Like Adrian's in focus. Burt Young is in focus. But every time they show him, it's like, <laughs> they, it's like they a film dwarf the, or something. And, he's and like I've one foot that. away from Adrian and they can't figure yeah, that out. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm assuming it was just like, it was so low budget. They're like, well, we can't reshoot it because also, yeah, Sylvester Stallone was not Sylvester Stallone at this point. He was like, no one had ever heard of him. But yeah, uh, and and he and there were uh, more nominees than just that best actor for Sylvester Stallone, best actress mm-hmm. for Talia Shire, best actor in a supporting role, Burgess Meredith, best actor in a supporting role, Burt Young, best writing for Sly, best sound, and of course, Bill Conti's original song, yeah. Gonna Fly Now, for best music, which is also amazing. We can get into that later. <laughs> it's a great song until it gets to the lyrics (laughs) yeah lyrics are cheesy but it was it was up against like some pretty heavy hitters like taxi driver and network and um all the president's men that's impressive yeah it really is i want to say one thing about that press conference that i was referencing earlier do you do you remember that scene oh yeah yeah where he's like (laughs) did you like when i said your name (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah, oh, you Adrian. Yeah, uh, did uh, did you notice that the? At, I, I've never seen a press conference actually function this way. But Rocky is at a podium, and typically when there's a press conference, the media members are seated, and there are several <laughs> mics up there, and uh, whoever's speaking is addressing the media, and you can't see the media. In this press conference, all the media were huddled around the podium and they would like look into the camera and ask their question and then turn back to Rocky. It was just, it was absolutely bizarre. Yeah, yeah. it was a little, I, I feel like Mean Gene Okerlund took his cue from, from <laughs> that and uh, the WWF later on. Yeah, there, I mean, it was, you know, I've seen these like weigh ins for uh, boxing matches and it's like a circus up there, but I haven't like seen actual news reporters like with a microphone right in somebody's face as they're doing like a press conference. So yeah, that was, that was funny, but this is one of my wife's favorite series of movies, the the Rocky franchise. She also agrees that Rocky three and Rocky four, especially Rocky four are the, are the important ones. But um, but she she does enjoy a good Rocky the first and but she walked in about halfway and (laughs) not even halfway at some point she walked in and she started watching it with me for just a minute. And it was it was one of many of Rocky's solo walks through the streets of Philadelphia. (laughs) Right. It's just bouncing that ball. And 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 uh, punching in the air, he does a lot of like walking and yeah, like he can't like he can't handle his shoulders. His shoulders have to act like 
I used to act like I was pitching a baseball or hitting a baseball or yeah. taking a basketball shot when I was like 16, but he's in his thirties or whatever. And he's mm-hmm. like, I can't help myself. I got to get one to the ribs, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I just kept thinking it almost looks like he's taking his cue from Ringo in a hard day's night in that portion where Ringo is just walking around drunk or whatever um, in real life or hung over. I, I half expected to see Rocky try to take a picture of himself and the camera fall into the to the river, but but he does that solo walk through the streets of Philly pretty well. And there was another thing about the production of the movie. There was one point where he was doing one of those walks. It may have been when he started running in the morning when he started his first portion of training. He wakes up early. We see him in his blue jockeys. And and he starts running down the streets of Philadelphia and the, the camera is like shaking, like it was not steady at all. And I just thought, what, what is going on? They can't even control the camera in this, in this scene. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't do a ton of research on like the crew of this, but I, I know that this was made on a very shoestring budget. Like, especially like when you see the fight scenes, like, they were actually, there were probably like 25 people watching that fight in real life, but yeah. they, they like shadow out a uh, big portions of the, the stadium. Yeah. I mean, it was, I think I read where it was made for like $970,000, 960,000 and it made 117 million. That's quite <laughs> like to, to date it has, or well, IMDb just has cumulative worldwide gross. So oh, yeah. I, I'm guessing that just over the years, that's what it's it's made, yeah. um, which is a pretty good return on an investment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I started, I did do a little research during this movie. And what's amazing is that Rocky is 30 in this movie and he's obviously in great shape. But he doesn't become the sliced alone muscle man that he becomes in with, you know, and even like the first Rambo, he's not like that. Yeah. You know, I feel like he doesn't really get into that kind of physique until Rambo three and Rambo or Rocky three, that that third yeah. part of those series where he's just ultra jacked. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, in Rocky three, he's been in the tanning bed a little bit. He's got the... <laughs> I don't even know what kind of, I don't, like, I don't have these muscles to know what they're called, but it's like <laughs> the little rippling things on the front of your abdomen. And th- yeah, and this one, he's, you know, he's a strong guy, but he's also, they establish him as kind of a bruiser schlub. You know, he's smoking at least a couple packs of cigarettes a day <laughs> and not, not in a peak physical condition. So he was 30. Carl Weathers was only 28. In the, but I love I love Carl Weathers in this movie so much. Yeah, but what I <laughs> thought thinker, was... not a stinker. <laughs> but what I thought was so sad was Polly is only 36. <laughs> what? And I thought for sure he was almost oh like 60. You know? uh, yeah, <laughs> stay off the booze, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Polly. Yeah. Uh, Burt Young was 36 in this movie. That is amazing. Yeah. Like if you, if you'd have told me he was 55, I would have been like, yeah, yeah sounds about yeah. right. So, so wait, how old was Burt? Was Burgess Meredith? Like Burgess 43 Meredith. or something. Yeah. yeah. 28. <laughs> Same as Carl Weathers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you know, we're not, I'm not even going to recount the story because even though I had only seen it once, 
prior to this, I, I could have told you the whole movie. I, I don't know that I knew that Rocky lot, uh, lost at the end, but this is this is a classic. It really is a classic. I, I'd say even more so than than Karate Kid, which is up to this point the biggest yeah. classic that we've well, done. And Karate Kid obviously owes a lot of debt to Rocky. I mean, they even have the same uh, music score, guy yeah. music score. Uh, yeah, this was this was in, this is sort of a classic. Well, a crap sandwich with classic bread because we watched the Babe. Hip, hip, hooray, the Ruth will lead the way. In between Karate Kid <laughs> and Rocky. Another thing I thought about, and and I kept thinking because I've seen the other movies more, more I kept thinking where did these characters go and, or what, like it's never explained why Rocky is constantly bouncing that ball throughout the movie (laughs) or holding on to it. But like, as far as I know, that ball is clearly something that that's, you know, Stallone wanted to be in this movie for (laughs) some reason, but it's not in any of the other movies, is it? No, no, that is, that was a quirk that this Rocky had that, you know, I guess he's in Rocky two. He's still kind of a dumb schlub from the poor part of Philadelphia. But yeah, I think the ball is gone. But yeah, I guess I, I'm trying to. I, I don't know why they would have him do that. Maybe they just they're just like showing that it, it, this is a guy. Yeah, this is a guy who's grown up on the streets. And what what do what do kids do on the street? They just bounce a ball around. I don't know. Yeah, so so I had that question. I had the question about Buddy, what happened to him. But, you know, the only reason I do that is because the movies have become so popular and so big that, you know, it's obvious when something like that, when you go back and watch the first one and you're like, you know, these things are kind of important to, to Rocky, but, um, but they're not around anymore. Well, and I would love it if, you know, in... When, in Rocky Four, when Rocky's training for Ivan Drago, he's got that ball just bouncing <laughs> that ball. You know, well, they should have kept it. Yeah, uh, and that's that is to me that's one thing that kind of sets this first Rocky apart. Is Stallone made this movie when he was hungry for any sort of success whatsoever. Like this is kind of like a deal where he, because in real life he was thirty-ish when yeah. this came out. And so, you know, this, this movie doesn't do anything. What, what's he actually going to do next? It hits big. And as, as is the case with a lot of sequels, you've put all this time and passion, blood, sweat, and tears into creating this thing. This is kind of like your masterpiece. You're going to sort of live or die on whether or not this thing is good. And then it's successful. And then what does a movie studio want? Hey, Give mm-hmm. us, give us more of the same, give us a cookie cutter version. And so now you're not, you're not really developing stories and, and you're kind of like trying to appeal to a, maybe a broader audience at this point, now that you've had some success. And so things like char- like developing characters from the first story, they're like, well, we don't need that guy. We just need Mickey. And like, well, we need, we need a big name. So let's bring in Mr. T. Um, okay. Who can Rocky fight this time? Oh, he needs to fight a Russian. Let's bring in a Russian and, and he'll have a girlfriend who might be evil and so on and so forth. And Gorbachev will be in the stance, man. Those and movies so, are so good. Yeah. I, <laughs> 
listen, when we get to Rocky three and four, I will, you will be able to hear how much fun I think they are. <laughs> yeah. I just don't, I just, I would rank them below Rocky one in terms of like being a great movie. Well, I mean, obviously Rocky is the first Rocky is taking itself a lot more seriously. Yeah. There's no James Brown, you know, (laughs) so I I get it. I mean, it's a, it's definitely, yeah. When, especially once you get to Rocky three and four, it it does become like a a mad magazine version of (laughs) itself. Now Rocky two, and I know we'll get to it, but like it starts right at where Rocky one ends, right? Yeah, yeah. But doesn't it uh, start in the ring? As that's such a does. weird ending. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but it's, it's great a, when 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 Rocky Two starts. It's kind of great, so it kind of makes it okay. But if you're just in 1976, I'd be like, "Well, what happened?" <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's like that's one of, that's the ending of the movie is one of the reasons that I, I really love it too. Is because you, you would think you would think that this guy who has been aimless and he's wanted his shot at something his whole life and he's just gone the distance with the heavyweight champion of the world and he he has a chance to win like they're going to render a decision he might like he might be the heavyweight champion of the world and that is not his primary concern his primary concern is where is the woman that i love and that is and uh her kind of making her way she doesn't really care about the decision either she cares about like i want to get to him to me, that is a beautiful moment, and um, kind of kind of like the, in the same way that like Mr. Miyagi, when he gives the knowing nod at the end of Karate Kid, I always get a little bit emotional when uh, he's uh, even even though the makeup job on his uh, eyes is a little little bad. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, so now I'm gonna get mad at you. No, that eye makeup is great. Like that's the best part of the movie, I think. Like <laughs> really? he, he, they do such a great job. I thought of actually. Well, now I will say this. I watched about the first hour and 30 minutes of it last night on a, on a big screen TV. Mm -hmm. And then I watched the last 30 minutes of it on my phone at lunch today. So it was a small, small sample size of what I could see, but, Mm -hmm. but it looked like the makeup for his, his eye. I thought, man, that, that looks like he really got his eye busted up and, and when they have to cut his eye, Holy cow, that was like the best part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The cutting the eye. I, uh, cut me, Mick, cut me. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I don't really know what someone's eye who's been like punched 50 or 60 times <laughs> directly in the face should look like. So, you know, maybe, I, maybe I'm being too harsh of a judge on it, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, I think I'm. Pro- I am probably looking at that makeup job maybe through 2020 standards, but yeah, and not I did, low I, budget I, 1976. I did read where the makeup department was the most expensive portion of this film. So oh, wow. maybe maybe they should have spent a little bit more on <laughs> on a cameraman who can focus two people on a couch. <laughs> but I did think I did think that they did a good job with the with the. Uh, the makeup, but, but let's you move think on. Of, what did you think of Rocky's speaking of costuming and makeup? What did you think of Rocky's reading glasses? 
I don't remember them. Oh, you don't? Oh, man. No. It's like uh, the props department. It's like they got Phyllis Dillard's uh, glasses <laughs> and gave him Naraki. Go back and watch it. Because uh, like, it's when he's, with, he's in the car with Gazzo and he's taking out his notepad, like, who do I need to shake down? <laughs> and he puts on these glasses. And I mean, it's it's hilarious to me. That's funny. I'll have to go back and look at that. But no, uh, yeah. So another like prop department thing that I was wondering about, there's a point where you know, we see him smoking a couple of times in this movie, but is he smoking a joint at one or two of these times? It looks like he's just straight up smoking weed. Oh, really? I didn't. Yeah. Know. Like it um, does not look like a, like a Marlboro or a camel. It looks like it's a rolled up, you know, you know, People used to roll up cigarettes, but I don't know that that was so popular in 1976. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's just funny because we know Rocky is like, at least I've always thought of Rocky as like the drink your milk, you know, <laughs> basically the Hulk Hogan of the 80s for boxing movies. You know, he's he's the American dream and he's he's the one who practices good values and all that. And here he is. <laughs> token on a reefer and i was like what well yeah i don't i don't know if he smokes pot in this movie or not but um yeah this is definitely not the super fit rocky because he drinks a lot of schlitz beer (laughs) he might have a problem (laughs) you might have a problem he smokes a lot of cigarettes and then oh yeah he he uh eats raw eggs for breakfast which i don't Uh, think that's for training that that was for the protein of the training so i got that (laughs) he also He's doing all this stuff, and then he has to be in good enough shape to fight the heavyweight champion of the world in like five weeks. That's that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, when 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 Apollo Creed suggested that he would just take some some bum off the streets as a as an opponent, I was like, that's like asking Mike Tyson to just go, you know, and fight, you know, just anybody at his prime. <laughs> Who would? Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe a boxer would be like, yes, I'll do it. Especially if well, there's a $150,000 prize for you. But Yeah. And now this, I mean, have you seen the 30 for 30 about the guy who this is allegedly based off on? Based on? I have not. Yeah. This is like, this is based on a, a similar story. I'm not sure if it, I don't think it was the heavyweight champion of the world giving some unknown a shot at the title, but it was like a professional boxer. Um, I'd have to look it up, but the, like there, this was Sly got this, the skeleton of this story from that. And I think the guy tried to sue, sue. Oh, really? Sylvester Stallone. But yeah, they did a 30 for 30 on. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Hey, Sean, have you heard about this new Patreon.com thing that's going around? I've heard. I've heard of such a thing. So what it is, if you haven't heard about it... Wait a second. A f- Wait a second. I just said I had heard about it. So that should be the <laughs> end of this conversation. We shouldn't need to talk about it. Oh, oh, but there might be other people who need to hear about it. Okay. There might, be, there might be one or two people out there that haven't heard. But if you are producing something, whether it be music, slam poetry or a podcast, you can have people out there be patrons of your produced content and they can, they can help support you. And so we have set up our own Patreon account and uh, website. We do have different tiers. That's kind of standard patreon.com 
modus operandi. How do you say that? <laughs> just say mo. Yeah, don't, don't try. Don't hey college boy. Why don't you just dial it back? Just say mo. <laughs> so our first tier. Would you like to tell them what our first tier is? Well, yes. If you part ways with a whopping two dollars a month, you get a hearty handshake or pat on the back. If we're not still shaking hands if we ever see you at a local grocer. So this is heavily dependent on you living in one of the cities we live in. But still, I don't think anybody can argue that that's worth $2 a month. $2 a month. I mean, that's half a latte at Starbucks. Yeah. And let me tell you, like, if I do see you at the local grocery store and you, if for some reason you are doubting the heartiness of my handshake, I will prove you wrong. You will be taken aback you will be telling your friends about the hardiness. You you will be you will be writing poems and essays about how hardy my handshake is, <laughs> which you might put out there for Patreon.com people to support your poems and and songs about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I can attest that Sean does give hearty handshakes. Twice I have been the recipient of such a handshake, and then a swift punch to the gut as well. So <laughs> hopefully he won't do that to you, but I'll go ahead and go to the next tier, which is our Rocky three. The first one is our Caddyshack two tier. It's the lowest of the low, but it's, it's still worthy. But Rocky three is our next tier. And it is that if you submit $5 a month, that's one latte from Starbucks. You will not only receive a hearty handshake if we see you out in public, but we will also give you a signed copy of our show notes. Now, you are might be doubting, much like you doubted the hardiness of our handshakes, you may be doubting the worth of our signatures on a piece of paper. Listen, if you want to test this on that, throw it on eBay. You know, see if you don't get upwards of $12, $11 or less. <laughs> if you want a signed copy of our notes, you yeah. can. You may not be able to read them, but you can own those if you were to support us. For $5 a month. I, I once met actress Sharon Stone. So uh, I'll just leave that there. Uh, what's our third tier? It is Major League, which I assume is a step up from Rocky Three, or uh, <laughs> may, may, maybe depending on who you are. It is $8 a month. You get the handshake. You get the signed copy of the show notes. But you also receive a random baseball card. Again, signed by, signed by us. You're going to be swimming so, in signatures. So let me ask you this. If it's a random baseball card that's worth something, like let's say it's the Dale Murphy reverse negative thing, and we sign it, does the value of that card then plummet immediately? Or We have ruined it. Yeah. Okay. No, we'll we'll send you like a Chili Davis baseball card from 1988. <laughs> Perfect. It's the, it's the baseball card of our choosing that we will be signing. Okay. So if that's not enough for you and you want to support us by giving us even more money, the next tier is the Hoosiers tier. And that is at $15 per month. If you want to support us, you will not only receive the hearty handshake and a signed copy of your favorite Airbud episode, uh, you will also receive a signed baseball card by both of us. And you will have access to a bonus episode that will probably be some sort of Air Buddies episode. <laughs> we, we have Air Buddies movies for days. Yeah. 
And so I guess that leads us to the premium package on the Patreon site, which is, it's, I'm not going to lie, folks, this is expensive, <laughs> $25 a month. Hey, listen, it's, it's a lot. It's a pretty penny, but you get the handshake. You get the signed show notes. You get the signed baseball card. You get access to the bonus episode. And we will record an episode of your choice just for you. This is any movie. You know, it can't be X-rated or anything like that. Any genre, as long as it's Bring It On. But I'm, I'm reading directly from the Patreon <laughs> site. I'm sorry. We would like it to be uh, Bring It On. Over and over again. We will do it yeah. as many times as we need to. Yeah, yeah. No, seriously, 25 bucks a month and we will record a podcast just for you. We'll mention you by name. We will ask you how your spouse is doing throughout the uh, episode. It'll get slightly creepy, then it'll get a little <laughs> less creepy. And then by that point, the episode will be over. So I, I don't see why you wouldn't. And that is the the natural. Yeah, the natural. Sorry. We have Caddyshack 2 at $2 per month. Rocky 3 at $5 per month. Major League at $8 per month. That's still a steal. And then Hoosiers at $15 a month. Now that's, you know, that's burning cash. That's lighting cigars with $100 bills kind of cash. And then you have the natural, and that's burning $1,000 bills with, you know, lighting your cigar with with a $1,000 bill. But that's the natural tier. So if you are interested in supporting us in any way, $2 a month will seriously help us out. But we will use it for continuing the production of this podcast. So if you feel so inclined to help support us, please visit patreon.com slash slow pitch. Thanks again. Let's go back to Rocky and his many character flaws just as a person, not necessarily yeah. as a character in the movie, but you know, he he's interested in Adrian who works at this pet store, I guess like right across the street from where he lives. And, and she, she might be the most boring character <laughs> I've ever seen in a good movie. Oh, Not, Polly. <laughs> because she literally, I mean, I don't get what they were trying to do with her. You know, she was almost like a shut in, you know, who didn't speak to anybody. Yeah. And then like, even when, Rocky takes her out. She still is like that. Somehow he gets her into her, gets her into his apartment. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah which, let's talk been, about he would, that. He would have been Slide. me tooed in five seconds uh, because she tries to leave more than once. Now, do I think this is a Harvey Weinstein offense? No, this is more of an Aziz Ansari level offense, <laughs> yeah. I think. But... Uh, <laughs> oh, we're getting sued by Aziz for sure. Um, no, it, but also, yes, the, the Me Too crowd would not be having this. <laughs> <laughs> but also you take my heart away away that's the song that's playing uh, Rocky he goes hey uh how do you feel about some music and then she was like I don't I don't belong here and, and she tries she makes him what does that yeah. mean I don't she, belong here uh, well, listen, if you were a woman <laughs> in the well, apartment, in apartment. <laughs> of, of, yeah, with beer cans all over the place, no telephone, by the way, a ratty old mattress that's been <laughs> pushed up against the wall and it probably smells like cigarette smoke. I would say I would not belong there either. Sly, let me give you a hint. Okay. 
just clean up a little bit. <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, okay. You didn't know she was coming over. So the house is a wreck. Got it. But yeah. as soon as she walks in, maybe pick the newspapers up off the couch that you're asking her to sit on. And here's how okay. The, how about the beer <laughs> bottles that are upside down in between the wall and the back of the couch? Let's move yeah. those. And pick up pick up a wife beater that doesn't have a hole right <laughs> by the navel. So here's a here's a serious question. Here's a serious question. If your life depended on it, <laughs> and you were Talia Shire or would Adrian, I, would I kiss Sly Stallone? Well, or would you make passionate love to him on the floor of that apartment? Because that's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure what happened. <laughs> that who knows what's down there? Rats, yeah, cockroaches, <laughs> yeah, pools of pee, <laughs> <laughs> egg, egg yolk, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if my life depended on it, would I make make love to slice the loan on the floor of his no. apartment? Uh, well, Rocky's apartment, not sliced alone. Rocky's. Well, Rocky's. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. hey, sliced alone, that might be a nice joint. Yeah. Um, I have a I have a story. I'll just I'll give you my answer and then I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a story. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, that was a rhetorical question, but no, uh, I I would definitely make love to see Rocky <laughs> on his floor if my life depended on it. Yeah, uh, so save your own life. So little story, you may have heard this before, but in 1995, uh, some friends in college took me to go see the the Tennessee Volunteers play. <laughs> We were in Arkansas, so we went to the University of Arkansas, where where they are at Fayetteville. And we were on our way back from the game, still in town, and the guy, I'll call out his name, Russ Terman, his Uh-oh. car overheated. It was, it was a lot of traffic, and his car overheated. And so this is homecoming weekend in Fayetteville. And... Every single apartment was, or hotel was, was booked. And we were also with, with, uh, two friends who were female. And so we literally like the car broke down right outside, right on this highway that if you turned right, it went down like a neighborhood street. And I don't remember the circumstances that led us to this particular house, but we ended up kind of like pushing this car or maybe we, we, we rode the car as far as it would go and it kind of stopped in front of this house, like in this neighborhood. But we, we somehow, you know, introduced ourselves to the owners and it was like a grandfather and his daughter (laughs) and her two kids who were young, like four or five years old. And the husband was apparently passed out drunk in the bedroom. So, but this, they were a nice family. They let us come in. They even fed us as we were trying to figure out what we could do. And But we're sitting in this complete stranger's house <laughs> with her husband passed out in the back in their living room, sitting on the couch. And, and they are watching The Specialist with Sly Stallone <laughs> and Sharon, Sharon, Sharon Stone. Brown. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that movie. I have, yeah. <laughs> but there is a scene in that movie, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where Sly and Sharon get it on in the right. shower floor. So this is a common theme uh, through Sly Stallone's theatrical history. But but 
we're just sitting there as this very explicit sex scene is is going on in this stranger's house in Fayetteville, Arkansas, <laughs> with the two kids running around while it's on TV. <laughs> and it's like HBO or whatever. They're showing everything. Yeah. So... <laughs> So that's I've got experience with Sly on a floor uh, making love. <laughs> okay. So well, yeah, I, I'll revisit that yeah. <laughs> if my life depends on it. <laughs> it was good uh, to know. It was, good it, was, to know. Uh, it was a funny, funny story. Yeah. Funny, funny time. I'm glad you made it out of that alive. Yeah, exactly. It could have been bad, but but yeah. So so Adrian, I'm not exactly sure what's wrong with her. Rocky has diarrhea of the mouth. <laughs> literally like when i i realized this when he was ta- <laughs> the st- strangest scene in the whole movie where he's walking with like a 12 year old girl calling her a whore and well and sh- she's literally not saying a word back and he is just going on and on and on <laughs> well in What's your so, defense? I want to hear your defense, defense of this. Well, he was not calling her a whore. He was I saying, know. he was saying, if you continue to act like that, that's how people will perceive you. And so he was, you know, he was kind of like, Hey, I've been, I've come up in this neighborhood. I am going to bestow some of my wisdom onto this girl who obviously needs some guidance. And he kind of, you can tell by the way the scene plays out that he kind of thinks he's breaking through and, you know, maybe doing some good. And then at the end, she's like, you know, Rocky and gives him the sort of uh, PG rated flip off. I don't know what that's called, where you, you put your arm under your other arm and you say, screw you. Um, She gives him that. And so it's kind of like, Oh yeah, I I have, you know, not even these little kids uh, respect me. So that's, that's uh, my defense of uh, that scene. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's fine. And I, and I get all that, but it was like a seven minute long scene. Hey, it <laughs> was go, a seven. I'm going to say a dirty word. Whore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a whore. And, <laughs> he's, and, got and the, it, he's got the deepest, most incomprehensible voice for a movie star. Yeah. He, I mean, despite the fact that, I mean, it's like, despite the fact that he sounds like he has marbles in his mouth, (laughs) it's so deep that, you know, the combination only almost makes it impossible. Yeah. Well, in that scene, he also walks past Frank Stallone, his brother. Oh, really? Yeah, was he part of the the soul group of Philadelphia yeah. on this, the whitest <laughs> soul group? Yeah. Not a black man in that Philadelphia <laughs> corner band, corner group. I know. I've always wanted to be in a group of soulful singers who are gathered around a trash can that's on fire. I know. But yeah, that's Frank Stallone singing that. And he, uh, he's, yeah, that, that's his song, Take It Back. Oh, Which that's he, his song. He wrote it, huh? Yeah, I, I don't know if he wrote or it. He definitely he sings it. it. Yeah. It, Frank Stallone makes multiple appearances uh, from a musical standpoint in the Rocky series. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. I And I think I heard Frank Stallone talking once about how he maybe submitted a song to be used in Rocky Three as kind of the main song and Sly chose uh, Eye of the Tiger instead. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in my head, time. I know that Eye of the Tiger is clearly a, a 1980s song 
and in that it came out with Rocky three, but in my heart, I expect to hear it in every Rocky movie, oh. <laughs> including the original. And I'm oh, like, really? Yeah. They do need to just go back and put it in somewhere because it's so, <laughs> to me, again, it's in the most important one. So it makes sense to me to have it in all of them. But, uh, <laughs> but at yeah. least Gonna Fly Now is, is in this movie. Take which it back. Is, <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, and, and I don't want to jump ahead to Rocky three because that will get its own podcast, but there is a scene in Rocky three that drives me crazy. Cause like they're trying to establish Rocky as a, um, you know, he's the cool one and Adrian's maybe a little square, which by Rocky three, Adrian is like a completely different character, but, uh, he, they're, they're laying in bed together and he's singing this song and he's trying to get, <laughs> her to sing it with him and he's he's trying to get her to do the do 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 part and so he's like take it back do 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 he's like sing that sing that do 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 and she goes do 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 and i'm like okay <laughs> you clearly have some sort of head injury adrian because i think it's obvious in this movie that she does yeah, yeah well this was also i think this was a precursor to all those movies where a good-looking female takes off is, her glasses. <laughs> yeah, is considered completely homely and untouchable until the glasses are removed. And once Rocky removes those glasses, it's like she's good-looking now. Listen, uh, here's another thing. Okay, they establish Adrian. Uh, let's go back <clears throat> to Adrian. Okay, I keep mm-hmm. getting. I think we both keep getting sidetracked, but, but I want to get do, to do, this. Do, do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So ridiculous. I can't wait for it. <laughs> she is she is a recluse <laughs> yep. who doesn't want to ever see anybody or talk to anybody or even look at anybody. Mm-hmm. But Rocky gives her a little smooch on the cheek and she goes from zero <laughs> to 100, baby. Yeah. Yeah. She is. She- Ready. She went, yeah, she went. <laughs> she went from "I don't belong here" to uh, like, "Here we go." Why does she? Well, uh, why does she sound like the, the All in the Family? <laughs> Edith Bunker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't, but I don't belong here. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is okay. Here's my explanation of that. She has been in this abusive relationship uh, with her brother her whole life. He tells her she's garbage. Over and over for who knows how many years, she's completely sheltered. And then all of a sudden, here's this kind of charming guy giving her some attention. And all this pent up frustration just comes flowing out and she's ready to go. That's my explanation for that. She is. Yeah, I just, I I felt like um, what we have had known of the character up to that point didn't jive with what we know of her after because she's like ready to just, you know, she becomes much more personable after that. It's like all she needed was a little, a little, a little bit of slice. <laughs> you know? Some Italian uh, stallion. Yeah. She needed, she needed the rock. Uh, yeah. But then, and all of a sudden she's like, I'm, I'm a, someone who can relate to everybody, which you know, prior to getting it on with the rock, she couldn't, she couldn't do that with anybody. So it was just weird. I mean, I, again, I could he see unlocked, that he, he unlocked, he unlocked part of her personality. Yeah, sure. I get it. 
Um, but it's still like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't, I wasn't following it all the way, or at least I wasn't buying it all the way. So, so that's, so that's well, that. You know, a guy I work with or used to work with several years ago, he watched Rocky for the first time, like as an adult in 2013 or something like that. He came into our office and was like, yeah, this movie's terrible. And I was just like, what are you, are you high? Like, what's the matter with you? This is like one of the greatest sports movies of all time. And he was just like, yeah, it was slow. It just kept moving, moved slow. And, and so, you know, I think, I do think that there is a 1976 pacing to this movie. Cause like sometimes I'll watch some movies that are even older than that, that are considered classics. Like, I mean, Citizen Kane, which I think is a great movie. Yeah. It is, it's paced completely different than a movie today would be paced. And so, I mean, that, that doesn't really necessarily answer the Adrian question, but it is, it is like just, it's a different time now. Of course, you know, we talked about the, you know, Rocky insisting that she stay even after she said she wanted to go, yeah, you know, like yeah, that kind of yeah. stuff is completely different. Well, you know, 10 years ago, that wouldn't have been as big of a deal. It would have just been <laughs> kind of considered, Oh, he's flirting with her or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. and whether Which, that's and right that's, or wrong. And, yeah. Is, and for, you know, but, but yeah. And, and for the record, if you have not seen this movie, like uh, Rocky does not, he is still just flirting with her. He does not accost her. He, yeah, he does, does not accost, he gently, accost her. gently kiss her on the lips, seemingly without, or on the cheek, really, the first time. Yeah, yeah. Without, he says without seeming to have consent from her. <laughs> well, <laughs> but yeah, he, as yeah, soon he, as as soon as he does, she jumps. Which you know, in real life, uh, a boy and a girl who are who are you know trying to figure out that first kiss. That, yeah, that's not unusual. Yeah. Now here's what, here's what he does not do. Like he's kind of like, Hey, you know, I think you should stay. And, and when she says that she doesn't belong there, he doesn't go, well, well, okay. Uh, yep. I tried, I guess you should be going. Like he doesn't do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. he, he's kind of like, no, nah, I think you should stay. And he's getting, he's really flirty with her and everything, which, you know what? Seemed- I, I I'm looking at the lyrics to the theme from Rocky and maybe, maybe this is a, uh- this was written for this that scene. You want me to read the lyrics? <laughs> please, please. Trying hard now. Right? It's Here's so it. hard now. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> Trying hard now. Mm-hmm. Getting strong now. <laughs> Coming on now. What the? <laughs> Getting strong now. Gonna fly now. <laughs> Flying high now. <laughs> Gonna fly, fly, fly. <laughs> Those are the lyrics. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. What was Bill Conti thinking? He should have uh, just put it over that. Song, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So we haven't even talked about really much about two characters that I think are great. Uh, and obviously the Academy did too, because they were nominated both for supporting actor. Mm. Uh, Burt Young for Polly who continues his role in several of the movies. I don't remember how many, but Burgess Meredith as, as Mikey, um, who also continues his role in at Mickey. least one or Mickey, 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 sorry. Yeah. And those characters were awesome. I, I think that even though Polly's kind of a jerk and, <laughs> and is, yeah. is obviously a bum 
you can't help but love him. <laughs> yeah, he is. There is a, there's something away about the way that Burt Young plays him that is it is uh, it is endearing, even though he's a complete jerk to Adrian and a drunk. And yeah, yeah. The the way he acts on Thanksgiving when he's like, he just throws like, that turkey out. I'm like, yeah, what? She, she spent. Uh, yeah, she spent who knows how many hours preparing that turkey. He just throws it out, except throws for it out. yeah, and he keeps referring to it as a bird, which is yeah. funny to me. And then he yells at her that she needs to go enjoy her life. And I'm like, Polly, you are preventing her from enjoying her life. Yeah, yeah, but he's great. And then Burgess Meredith, otherwise known as the Penguin from the Batman series, is he is perhaps my favorite character that we have. Uh, reviewed so far he Mm -hmm. is hilarious and he plays that hardened like veteran women weakened legs (laughs) (laughs) boxing world guy that just never went anywhere and did anything so well yeah and i thought that the scene where he shows up at rocky's apartment even though i as a viewer i kind of was like what a what a jerk for, you know, basically kicking Rocky out of his gym and then kind of coming to him and groveling for a job once he, you know, has, has kind of struck it, you know, with his luck. Yeah. At the same time, though, it, it was such a good performance. The thing that I did, I mean, if I were Mickey and Rocky acted like that to, towards me in the span of that five minutes or whatever, where he openly welcomed me into his apartment, but then shut him off by going into his bathroom and closing the door and wouldn't come out until he was gone. And then went on this tirade, you know, about how he's treated him and how he doesn't care for him. And he doesn't want him to even be a part of his life. And then (laughs) runs him down and is like, I'm sorry, whatever. <laughs> you know, you can't hear what they say, but he's obviously yeah. contrite. Yeah. I would think, okay, this guy's a lunatic. I'm not <laughs> going to have anything to do with this guy. Yeah. Well, and we don't know a whole lot about the backstory between Mickey and Rocky. I like, I'm, I imagine that at one point, Mickey sees a lot of potential in Rocky and because Rocky's kind of aimless and doesn't have any real drive or really, you know, aspirations to improve his boxing career. He's fine boxing in a church on a Thursday night in front of 35 people that Mickey is disappointed and almost kind of like hurt by that in a way, because, you know, maybe he had worked with Rocky enough to where he kind of saw him as a son. And, and so maybe, maybe there's kind of like the father son dynamic there that's complicating that even more and they they feel like family enough to where they have that fight and then yeah. they they air all that dirty laundry and then it's kind of back i don't know that's that's kind no, of how there, I, there I always be there is that scene where he kind of explains why he's being hard on him is that you know he could have been something but he was he he didn't have the ambition i guess more or less yeah. and instead he's more worried about making some money from gato yeah um, I want you to, to to talk about your character in, in Apollo Creed and and how like you 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 love you love Apollo Creed. Tell me why. Well, <laughs> like one of the reasons I love him is because the movie the movie has a certain tone before Apollo Creed 
shows up. It's, it's, it's very, it lacks a lot of, every character is kind of down and out and they kind of, they lack confidence and they're all sort of struggling in their life. And then here comes this ever effervescent ball of confidence in (laughs) this kind of like Muhammad Ali type character. And, you know, he makes the crack at the press conference about, um, He's like, he's like, you're Italian, right? And he's like, yeah. He's like, well, why did, why did you care if he's Italian? He's like, well, I know if he can't fight, he can, he can cook, you know? And of course he gets (laughs) a big laugh and you just get, you get this idea that anywhere Apollo Creed goes, he just owns the room and Carl Weathers just plays that perfectly. His entrance into the, the fight is amazing. (laughs) He comes in dressed as George Washington. It's just like, I, I love that character. He's, he's the guy we're rooting against but I think he kind of, he plays it perfectly too. And just sort of the dejected look that he gives when he's like, holy crap, Rocky's still fighting, you know, like that's, I love that. I love that reaction of his. He just, he's, he, he makes this movie as much as anybody. It is interesting. I, I, you know, I wonder if they, I mean, I'm sure they did. And now that I'm looking back at it, you know, every single scene just about with Rocky before the fight, it's pretty much dark and dank and, you know, bad lighting, a lot of nighttime scenes. And it's, you know, obviously in the, the heart streets of Philly, but when they do have a scene where it's Carl Weathers and his entourage, it is almost, of course it's in a, big office downtown or whatever, but it is with shot wood, differently. With wood paneled walls. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it is shot differently. It's bright. It's yeah, you're right. It's effervescent really. And, and I think that his character, they probably matched the shooting of those scenes with, with how bright and, and charming Apollo Creed is. So that's, it's an interesting, I well, hadn't and- really thought about that. Yeah. And, you know, Rocky, he walks around in sort of that leather sports coat and kind of an old, you sort of assume it's a hand-me-down gray sweater and he's got the fedora. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like the outfit that a poor person might wear, I guess, at yeah. least in 1976. And then every time we see Creed, you know, leading up to the fight, he's in a perfectly fitting three-piece suit. Uh, yeah. Just kind yeah. of handling everything's business with him. I did think when they had Joe Lewis come in, it was Joe Lewis, right? Uh, that came in at the beginning of the fight and Carl Weathers does this like rapid fire punch type thing to Joe Lewis. And I thought that if you're not already sure how to do that as a, (laughs) as a person, that's gotta be a hard thing to learn how to do. And and I thought, you know, he did, he did that convincingly. Yeah. Yeah. You next Joe, you next Joe. Uh, Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Hey, I, I believe in action Jackson. He can, he can, he knows how to do it. <laughs> and, 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 well, and we, we're, we're not going to do this cause it's not a sports movie, but uh, predator. Uh, we, yeah. we've seen Carl Weathers, uh, physical prowess in that, uh, when he arm wrestles Arnold Schwarzenegger in the air. Yeah. That's a, that's a great movie too. I just watched that for the first time, maybe like <laughs> wow. a year ago. Oh, wow. uh, I had seen bits and pieces of that, of course, yeah. as well. We, and you knew about you knew about the arm wrestling in the air, right? You know, I don't even remember it now. Oh well, if you if you give it a goog, uh, you'll see it. It's like when Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger see each other for the first time in that oh, movie, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, like what brings you? What brings you?" And like they kind of they they sort of like 
it's like they're shaking hands, but then the camera does a close up of both of their oiled up muscular arms <laughs> and they just arm wrestle like in the air for like 30 seconds. And That's it's, hilarious. Uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah. When I watched, when I decided to watch that movie, my wife walked into the room and it was like, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's a classic. Come on. Yeah. It's it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Rocky also makes it a point throughout the movie to, to drive home that he's never had a broken nose. He's got like 60 fights or whatever. Never, never broken his nose. I call BS on that. <laughs> that dude leaves. I don't know much about boxing. Okay. But I've seen a few Sugar Ray Leonard fights. Marvelous yeah. Marvin Hagler. Tyson, George Foreman, that dude leaves his face wide open 100% of the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's as if he doesn't even know that you've got to put your fists in front of your face, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like I'm defending every part of Rocky. I like the way, you the are. way I, yeah, the way I view that is they, they're, they're saying that and you're right. It, it's unlikely, but he's never broken his nose because he's never really pushed himself. He's never fought anybody who could actually break his nose. When he, and what happens when he fights Apollo Creed, he gets his nose broken and has to have his eye cut or whatever, uh, because he's actually getting beaten up for the first time. I could have broken his nose. <laughs> I fought him. Are you kidding me? Spider Rico definitely could have. So yeah, here's another thing. Like, there were a lot of like, and I think it's interesting because obviously in Rocky three, we have Hulk Hogan as a thunder lips, um, <laughs> as a character. But in this movie, I kept thinking, what are they like? There was when spider Rico head butted Stallone in the ring, mm-hmm. Rocky in the ring. I thought, what is this? Like, is this like some sort of wrestling, like half wrestling, <laughs> half boxing thing. And then, the Mean Gene Okerlund style press conference happened. And then there was something, and I cannot recall that Apollo Creed did in the ring. First of all, his entrance is very much like, you know, a wrestler's, uh, yeah. a professional wrestler's entrance. But then I want to say that something happened once he got in the ring that also made me think, you know, this is more wrestling than boxing. Do you remember? Uh, can you recall? what he might've done. I can't, I didn't make a note of it because I hadn't thought about all the, the wrestling adjacent. Well, he comes in dressed as George Washington and yeah. then he puts on an uncle Sam uniform. Yeah. Is it that wasn't it? that it was something yeah. else, but anyways, it seems now that I think about it, slightly wrestling adjacent, you know, as yeah, far yeah. as what they were doing and what they've, what they're going to do in, in Rocky three. But but anyways, it's an entertainer versus a fighter is how they're setting. Yeah, it. yeah, definitely. And I mean, obviously, that's the story is that, you know, Apollo is thinking he's going to breeze through this and Rocky has other ideas on his mind. So do you have anything else that sounded like you were just about to say something? Oh, well, I mean, we, when we're talking about the fight, I was going to talk about like one of my favorite scenes and it's been replicated. This is something that's been replicated so much that some people may not associate it with Rocky. As far as I know, like this is the Rocky is the first time I ever saw this device used. But one of the big themes of the, of the movie is a lot of people from the neighborhood sort of 
who are stuck in that neighborhood. They kind of pin their hopes and dreams on Rocky once mm-hmm. he gets this chance. And, you know, Gazzo, even Gazzo, who's successful at his own thing, is kind of doing the same. Polly's obviously doing it. Mickey's obviously doing it. And, and we know that Rocky is well known around the neighborhood and at the bar and everything. And so on this, on this massive stage round one, ding, 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 they come out and Rocky knocks Creed to the ground within like 15 seconds. Yeah. Within 15 seconds. So it's kind of like, it's like Apollo Creed did not know what he, what he was dealing with, uh, with kind of the punching force that Rocky brought and they cut back to that bar and everybody's just going bananas. Like that gives me chills every, every single time. And of course, like we've, we've seen that over and over again in sports movies, but this, that, that was the first time I, I'd ever seen it. I don't know if there's one that predates that 1976, but I, I love that scene so much. Yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of great scenes in, in this movie. And I, I mean, like I said, it's not that it's bad. It, it's really a really good movie and it's entertaining. I just, know that it is considered one of the best, especially sports movies, which, you know, I just, and it's, it's hard because I've seen three and four so much that going back to one where it's a little grittier, it's a little bit more raw. It's definitely, like you said, more character development driven than, than any of the others. You know, I've, I've got those in my head and so yeah. going back to one is, is difficult. So I'm not knocking it. It's great. But but it it's hard when I've seen three and four so many times to right. to be like to to in my mind juxtapose the two well, types of, of films. Yeah, yeah, three and four and I would I would even say two. I try not to acknowledge that Rocky Five exists, but I <laughs> with this podcast I guess I'll have to at some point. Yeah, three and four have like they are more, much more energetic and action packed and it's centered around the fighting a lot more. And so, yeah, the, the, that's, that's why those movies are fun. This is Rocky one or Rocky, I guess is, it's just a completely different kind of movie. So I will say this too. Um, it's, it's really, it's a sports movie, obviously, but there's about 15 minutes of this two hour movie that's dealing with, with boxing you know, you get yeah. a, a quick scene at the beginning. You get some gym time where people are training. Some uh, meat locker get, time. <laughs> you get some meat locker time. Yeah, some Rocky. Uh, we haven't even talked about the iconic, you know, running up the steps. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, if you but, go to Philadelphia, like, uh, tomorrow, there's going to be uh, somebody running up those steps and, like, putting their hands above their Arms yeah, raised, yeah. yeah. There's very little actual sports. Oh footage, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So uh, having said that, I have been a little worried about including a movie that is near and dear to both of our hearts because there's only about ten minutes of <laughs> of sport. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. Hey, Teen I'm Wolf. like Teen Wolf. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Listen. Teen Wolf is a basketball movie. It is. It's obviously yeah. a basketball movie. Like, hey, with a little are, surfing involved, too. Yeah, yeah. It's X Games and uh, <laughs> high school basketball. Dragons v. Beavers. Um, but, yeah, if, if, if Caddyshack 2 was on the table. 
Well, think about it. <laughs> then Teen Wolf definitely is. I mean, the it come Teen Wolf comes down to whether or not uh, he can win a basketball game. That's true. Not That's as the wolf, but yeah, it's true. No, I so feel like, I, I feel like this 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 podcast we've talked about more movies other than Rocky uh, than any others. Uh, we've talked about Teen Wolf and Predator and the other Rockies. And there may be something else that I'm, I'm missing, but yeah, it's funny. Stop or my mom will shoot. Yeah. Was, was, stop or my mom will shoot. was included. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> which isn't a bad movie. Um, <laughs> Does, there any sports in it? Let's watch it. Yeah, exactly. Um, there, there's shooting. I'm pretty sure there's a, a um, skeet shooting or something. Yeah. I do have a rating system and I, I'm going to, stray a little bit from some sort of prop or, or something like that. By far, my favorite thing about this movie was just Burgess Meredith. And so so I'm going to even play into your hand a little bit, I think, because to me, if you give this film one Burgess Meredith, it's great. Okay. If you give it five, you know, it's it's on a level of winning three Academy Awards or whatever, <laughs> and being nominated yeah. for ten more or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. having said that, how many Burgess Merediths would you give this movie? I'm giving it five Burgess Merediths. It's a classic. I've loved it since I was a kid, and uh, so way to go! Five, yeah. five Burgess, five Mickey's. Yeah, <laughs> I called him Mikey, and I apologize yeah, to all fi- Mickey's out there. Yeah, five little little uh, toboggans just sitting on uh, his head, barely barely sitting <laughs> yeah. on the back of his head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a, a mild wind blows through, like, and um, Mickey's ski cap is gone. See a Velcro attached to that thing or something? <laughs> um, okay, so like I said. I kind of ragged on this movie a little bit, but if if I give this one Burgess Meredith, it's great. So I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it four. Okay. Nice. There he yeah. is. There yeah. he is. Yeah. Because yeah. it is. It is a good movie, and it is. Yeah. It is a classic, and it obviously spawned even better movies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to hear how many Burgess Merediths Rocky Three is going to get. It's going to get five Burgess Merediths and three Burt Youngs, um, and one Mr. T Mohawk. <laughs> yes, and one Thunderlip. Um, yeah. Just one, one, yeah, one lip. <laughs> yeah, one Fu Manchu. Yeah. Let us go to the. Oh yeah. So about a month ago I was down in Nashville and you referred to the list as the spinning wheel of basketball or sports movies death or something like that. The, <laughs> yeah. The, the wheel uh, of sport movie death, I think is what you called it. And I liked that as opposed to just the list. Um, yeah. so we have 201. So let's roll that wheel. I think we're going to include instead. I've been I've been doing like a ping pong ball, like old school WGN lotto type thing. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to start putting. Um, so I'm going to start doing like the wheel of fortune, or not the wheel of fortune, the Price is Right wheel. Since this is the sports movie Wheel of Death, that's what it was. Sports movie Wheel of Death, and.
that comes up is 121, which is okay. Yeah, I've never seen this one. And this is the only one that is on the, the list currently that is not a fiction story. It's Hoop Dreams. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. This, uh, from what I've heard, is is a classic documentary. I put it on there. We can debate later once we've gone through 200 <laughs> fiction stories. Um, if we want to put like Free Solo or something like that on here. But, uh, but right now it's the only documentary that we have. Yeah. Well, it's a good one. I've seen it and I'm glad I have an excuse to watch it again. Good deal. So thank you guys for listening to another episode. Of course, we have the Twitter page at Slow Pitch Cast. And we should be releasing our first episode fairly soon. I think I think Sean is, is going to be getting on the artwork soon. Of course, by the, but if you're listening to it in order, by the time you're listening to this, the first one was released several months yes. ago. Yes, of course. But we're just yeah. telling you it's been a year since we've been recording and we haven't released any yet. But, uh, but I think we're getting close. So thank you for listening to, to Slow Pitch where all of our yo's sound like this. You! Game, take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and crackers, Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that in, but I also, the ice skating scene where the ice skating owner, the ice rink <laughs> owner gives yeah. them like 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and one of the funniest lines to me, cause there's so many yo's in this movie, yeah. but yeah. the fu- one of the funniest lines to me is, and I did it at the beginning when you, when you did, you know, I should have broke your thumbs. Yeah. When the guy goes, yo, time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah take my take mine out take mine out and put that in <laughs> every other yo is like yo or yo yeah. and he goes it, yo time. It, it, it might be funny <laughs> it might be funny if we put together a uh yo supercut of oh, all like, yeah. it's just like yo 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 <laughs> <laughs>